Okay, continuing here with uh, Joshua chapter 2. So what is the gist of Joshua chapter 2? Amazing chapter here. The gist is that we will be introduced to uh, a prostitute called Rahab and the spies that Joshua will send to go spy the promised land. And we will learn about the brave faith of this prostitute Rahab, or Rahab, however we want to say her name, who was not even a Jew. She was not even a believer. In, in today's language, we would say she was a pagan or an unbeliever. We're going to learn about her faith. Okay, so let's get into the second chapter of the book of Joshua. I'm going to read here. Verse 1, Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Let's pause here for a minute. Why Jericho? Archaeologists and Bible scholars say that Jericho was one of the most fortified cities in all of the promised land that the Israelites were supposed to go possess. So Joshua, being a very brave military strategist sent these two spies so he can obtain some information about the land before they went to possess it. That was the wisdom right there. And it's amazing how he sent these spies and they landed in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Boy, as we will find out, the steps of these spies were divinely ordained. Why did they end up in the house of a prostitute. We will find out that her house was located in a strategic position in the city of Jericho. It was built into the city wall, so it was a house where it had a lot of traffic. Okay, so it had a lot of traffic, and as we will later find out, Rahab, her heart was open to God, so God directed the spies to get right into her house. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you the story in advance, but let's get into the verses here. Verse 2. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. Here's, here's the deal. The Bible doesn't tell us how the king of Jericho found out that the spies were there at Rahab's house. But it is obvious, like I mentioned earlier, Rahab's house was located in a strategic position attached to the city wall. So it had a lot of traffic. Probably some of the people who had been there before went and told the king of Jericho that they saw some strange Jews in Rahab's home. So uh, that is how the king of Jericho probably found out. And it appears as if the king of Jericho was very familiar with Rahab and her house as well because he just approached her in a casual manner so that Rahab could tell her where the two spies came from and where they went to. Okay, verse 4. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not 
know where they had come from. Verse 5. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. Verse 6. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men, this is verse 7 now. So the men set out in pursuit. This, this are the men from Jericho. Set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the forts of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Let's pause here. There's a lot happening here. Going back to verse, verses 4 and 5, we see Rahab not telling the full truth. She had hidden the men, like we are told in verse 6, up in the roof. She lied. Let me just say quickly here that this is a narrative. God did not tell Rahab to lie. We know that the God we serve is a God of transparency, is a God of honesty. God will not and can never condone or accept any form of lying. There is no lie or deceit in God. We know that. We are just told the story. Apparently, when, when Rahab was faced with this situation, she had to make a decision. She had to choose between two evils. So what did she do? She told a partial truth. She withheld the full truth to protect the man. And if you recall, in the book of Exodus, we had a similar situation where the midwives did not tell the Pharaoh the full story or they did not tell the Pharaoh the truth when the Pharaoh had given orders for the midwives to kill all the baby boys. Remember? And we know that the midwives withheld some of the truth to protect the babies. We see a similar situation here whereby Rahab, or Rahab, however way you want to say her name, knew that if she told the king of Jericho the full truth, more than likely they would kill the spies. But the Lord had opened her heart. She was, uh, as we will find out later on, she was beginning to gain trust. In the one and only true God, the God of the Jews, the God of the heavens and the earth. So we see her protecting these spies and not telling the king of Jericho the full truth. Now, does that mean we can go and lie? No, we should never do that. Never, never do that. But again, this is what she did. And we will never, never find out what would have happened had she not lied. This is not saying that her lying was the only and the best way for God to protect the spies. No, God would have still protected, protected the spies had Rahab told the truth, probably. But we would never know. The point here is that this was what happened. She lied and God walked through that for deliverance. As we would find out later on, Rahab was later on forgiving from that lie, and she uh, accepted the true living God of the Bible. So before I even proceed, let's talk about some principles out of uh, these verses uh, 4 to 7, because it's very important that pertains to uh, Rahab lying. Like I said, number one, God will never condone lies. This is just a narrative, and we will never know what other plan the Lord had had Rahab not lied. But because she lied, 
God had to work through that situation to deliver the spies. But that was not God's best. Number two, Rahab or Rahab had to choose between two evils. I have already explained that. And number three, back in that culture, Bible scholars say that it was a common practice to deceive the enemy. So Rahab was already looking at the king of Jericho and his people as her enemy. So she deceived them. And I talked about number four, God forgave her uh, for the lie because she would later on display bold faith in the true living God. So those are the four principles I wanted to highlight with regards to Rahab. And in conclusion, we are never to lie. The God of the Bible will never condone lies. And then going back to verse six, she had hidden them in the roof. Um, Bible scholars say that flax was collected in the field and placed on the top of uh, rooftops back then in those days to dry. And uh, they could create a height of about three to four feet. So it was a perfect place for Rahab to hide the spies so that they, they would not be found. So we are told that in verse 6, but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax. Obviously, the flax was probably three to four feet high. They were laid there to dry. So it was a perfect location for her to hide them. Okay, moving on, uh, we are now in verse 8. Before the spies lay down for the night, she, referring to Rahab, went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Verse 10. This is Rahab talking now. We are beginning to see why she had to protect those spies because she had heard about the goodness of the true living God. Remember, she was a pagan. Her heart is open to God. She wants to know this true living God. So she chose God's side, the Israelites, versus the people from Jericho where she resided at that time. Verse 10, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Singhor and Og, the two kings of Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Verse 11, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Right there. We see Rahab, the prostitute, a pagan, confessing faith and trust in God. This is amazing. Verses 8 through 11. If you recall, we talked about this in Numbers chapters 13 and 14 about the 12 spies who went to spy the land and 10 of them came with horrible discouraging report only Joshua and Caleb were bold and spoke out their faith this is amazing how and I discussed this in the book of Numbers had all of the spies just went along with Caleb and Joshua and encouraged the congregation the first generation Israelites would have walked into the promised land and overcome it in a heartbeat. Because we are learning right here that the people in the promised land had heard about the courage 
of the Israelites as the Lord was walking through them, they were already afraid of the Israelites. Their hearts melted in fear of the Israelites. But as I discussed in the book of Numbers, those ten spies, boy, <laughs> they saw giants and they perceived themselves as grasshoppers. They were afraid of the height of the people in the promised land. And we are learning here that the people in the promised land were actually afraid of the Israelites because they had had the good report of God. Friend, are you learning something here? It is not how somebody else sees you. It's how you perceive the mightiness of the God that you serve. Oh my goodness. It is not what you see. It is how you magnify the God that is all powerful that you serve. It is not what others, others tell you. It is how you take the word of God and you believe it by faith. We see Rahab, a pagan, believing and espousing a faith in God. But in the book of Numbers, we had those spies who just gave up. This is a powerful lesson. Okay? So we go to verse 12 here. Now then, this is Rahab talking to the spies. Please swear to me by the Lord. She, she's already calling their God, the God of the Jews, the Lord. She is already confessing faith, believing right here. She's already a believer of, the, of, of God. Do you see now why the Lord led those two spies into Rahab's house, a pagan nation? Because God, who knows all things, saw Rahab's heart. God knew that Rahab was receptive to him and Rahab would become a believer. God knew that. God saw her heart. So God led the spies right into the home of a lady who was going to protect them, a lady who believed in him, a lady who exalted the true living God. Friend, God will guide and lead our steps perfectly. We should never be afraid. When God is in our life, we can never fail. Only when we disappoint God through disobedience. This is amazing. I'm, I'm loving this. How God is so faithful and so good. So good, rather. Okay, pick it up here now in verse uh, 12. Where was I? I'm going to just begin verse 12 again. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Now we see Rahab trying to get into some kind of a verbal contract with the spies because she knew that the city of Jericho was going to be destroyed. She's about to negotiate with them that they will spare her life and the life of her family members. She went on to say, give me a short sign, verse 13, that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. And in verse 14, the spies agreed to that plan. They went on to say, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So they got into a verbal agreement that yes, the spies told Rahab, now if you Keep your mouth shut. If you go along with our plan here, we will stick to this oath. Verse 15. They're going to get into more details uh, about how this plan will work out. So she led 
down by a rope through the window for the house she lived was part of the city wall. I had already mentioned that, that Rahab's house was well situated as part of the city wall. Verse 16, she said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourself there three days until they return and then go on your way. So we see Rahab giving the uh, two spies instructions how to escape the pursuers. Okay, again, th that was God just guiding and directing her. And in verse 17, we are uh, told how the man said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless, this is verse 18, when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you led us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. So we see the spies giving Rahab detailed instructions how they're going to arrange this oath and the conditions by which they will adhere to this oath that she had to take a family into the household and then she has to tie the scarlet rope that she used to lower them down from the roof as a sign. Let's move forward here. If any of them go outside, this is verse 19, if any of them go outside their house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our heads. Essentially, they reached a deal. Rahab would bring her family members into her household, and then she would tie the scarlet rope as a sign for the uh, spies. And then when the Israelites get into, the, into Jericho to destroy it, Rahab household and family members will be secure in her home, and that scarlet Rope will be the sign of the covenant that the spies and Rahab agreed upon. And, uh, and we will learn moving forward in chapter th 3, I believe, how by faith, we're going to see how Rahab will act on her faith. She will act on this agreement here. She will contain her family members in her household and she will tie this scarlet cord in the window so that the spies can see as a sign that that house will not be destroyed. The members in that household will not be destroyed. We see her acting her faith. We will learn that moving forward here in chapter 3 because she believed in God and she believed that her family would, uh, would be spared. Verse 20, but if you tell what we are doing, these are the spies talking to Rahab now, if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Verse 21, agreed, she replied. She then uh, went on to send the spies back to where they came from. And in verse 22, we are told that the spies left and they followed Rahab's instructions. And then they stayed for three days until the pursuers, in other words, the people from Jericho that the uh, king had sent, search all over the place and could not find them. And then in verse 23, the two men then started to head back to Joshua to give him the report. In verse 24, 
the two spies had returned, they said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. How encouraging, powerful report. What a contrast from Numbers chapters 13 and 14 where we see 10 spies, negative, negative, negative. Here we see these two spies coming back to Joshua with positive, hopeful, encouraging report that, you know what, this is a cakewalk. Those people in the promised land are so afraid of us. Let's just go and do this thing. The Lord has delivered them into our hands. So that brings us to the end of chapter 2 in the book of Joshua. Very encouraging. We see God, a good God and a faithful God, leading and guiding the spies. We see God walking in the hearts of Rahab because her heart was open to God. The spies were protected. We see Rahab acting in faith, trusting God, becoming a believer. And we see the spies coming back with a good report. Isn't that awesome? So that brings us to the end of chapter 2. So what are the major principles we have learned from chapters 1 and 2 out of the book of Joshua? Major principles. Principle number 1. I talked about meditation. Meditating on the word of God. We learned the importance and the relevance of meditating on the word of God as our ticket to success in God's kingdom. Number two, we talked about display of God's strength, guiding and leading Joshua and Joshua turning around and instructing and encouraging the people. And we see the Lord leading the spies. We see how the Lord is encouraging Joshua. So the key principle here is that our strength comes from the Lord when we obey him and we believe in him. Principle number three, God's goodness. We see a prostitute being saved. And isn't this a lesson for all of us that, you know what, never rule anybody out. Never rule anybody out because of their past. God is always willing to save anyone whose heart is open to him. We learned that here. God is so good. He doesn't hold our past against us once we repent truthfully and we confess faith in him. So we see God's goodness here in the life of Rahab. And as we will learn moving forward, Rahab was actually, or she is listed in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, the chapter of faith among one of the great heroes of the faith. We will talk about that when we get there. And the fourth principle is faith in action. We talked about how Joshua swiftly and quickly listened to God and he turned around and gave instructions to the nation of Israel. And we, we learned about Rahab's faith in God. So what is the or what are the major applications from chapters 1 and 2? Many, okay? Uh, the biggest one here is found in Joshua chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. And I want to read this from the New Living Translation version of the Bible because it is so self-explanatory. I don't even have to teach on that. So the main application here is to study the, the Bible 
continuously and meditate on it. Let me I read to you how New Living Translation render Joshua chapter 1 verses 8 through 9. Meditate on it, referring to the book of the Lord, the word of God, day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the main application here is meditating day and night on God's word. Because it's only through meditation, like I already explained, are we able to get the revelation from the Holy Spirit about God's truths, which, which is the highest, absolute purest best truth there's only one truth in life <laughs> truth found in the word of god okay so when we meditate on the word of god the holy spirit will enable the truths from the word of god to be revealed into our souls and we will be quickened and then it makes it easier for us to obey and like i said earlier as an example you can take whatever crisis you are dealing with today or whatever crisis you are facing today find the solution in the word of god write it on a four by four card one verse two verses it's not difficult write it on a four by four card think about it read it aloud over and over over and over and then just think about it just think about it and then pray about it pray the verse aloud think about it and i guarantee you based on the word of god especially this scripture the holy spirit will start to give you revelation truths reveal to you ways you can resolve your problem he will strengthen you so the key here is is that we have no excuse back in the day joshua had just five books of the bible joshua was not even filled with the holy spirit back in the old testament time the holy spirit would come over these people for a specific task and after the assignment the holy spirit Spirit would depart from them but today as new testament believers we have the holy spirit indwelling us and we are sealed with the holy spirit ephesians 1 13 we have no excuse and we have the entire bible several translations except never get the jehovah witness translation called new world translation is falsified is wrong don't get that don't get the book of mormon's translation that is wrong but we have great, excellent translation. New King James, King James, NIV, New Living Translation. We have all sorts of ways to study the Word of God. We have it as a book. We have it as an audio. We have this podcast. When we are facing crisis, we really have to trust God. We have to be courageous. Take the Word of God. Trust God that He is faithful. In the same way God was with Joshua, He is with you. In the same way God was consistent to, to instruct Joshua and to guide him into the promised land, God is with you right now, leading and guiding you to walk through that problem, whatever the problem is. But he says, meditate on his word, trust him, pray about it, ask the Holy Spirit for strength. And as you do that, the Holy Spirit will teach you, strengthen you, guide you, illuminate godly truths to you, and you will be able to apply it into your life and see godly results while trusting God.
because it will be the Holy Spirit doing it through you as you obey God. Okay, really, that is a key application here. I cannot say this enough. As Christians, our lives are dependent on obeying God. Success in God's kingdom is obedience, a submissive spirit, a willing spirit. Okay, so if you want to prosper as a Christian, so in God's kingdom, prosperity, obedience, do his will, and then you will be all able to overcome in every area of life. And like Jesus said in the gospel, John 15, he is a vine, we are the branches. When we stay attuned, focus, dependent 100% on Jesus Christ, and we are submissive to the Holy Spirit, we will produce much fruit for the kingdom. For apart from Jesus, we can be, we are useless, rather. Apart from focusing on Jesus, we are useless. As we stay focused on the Lord, he will walk through us and we will be prosperous and successful in everything we do. In Jesus' name, I hope you receive that. Amen. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you have taught us thus far. The courage of Joshua, how you encouraged him and how he turned around swiftly and was encouraged and encouraged the people. Teach us Holy Spirit to be people who are encouraged through your spirit. Teach us Holy Spirit as people who act quickly to your promptings. Father God, help us through your spirit so we can be steadfast, firm and strong and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are trusting you that because you are a good and faithful God, the lessons we've learned from these first two chapters, the Holy Spirit will teach us how to apply it practically in our lives and we will have godly results so that we can be blessed and you will be glorified. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody says, Amen. Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I.org. And check out our event page and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at d-r-r-u-t-h-t-a-n-y-i dot o-r-g. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way, you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen.